What's up, Sooner Nation? Here we go. Oklahoma softball, the national champions, back-to-back reigning national champions now, 2021-2022. You got to wonder what they could have done in 2020 had it not been for COVID. Would this team be sitting on a three-time national championship run? Uh, You could debate that, but what we do know is the last two years, this softball program has been the most dominant in the nation and uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in the world of, uh, of Oklahoma athletics right now. Football recruiting is just popping right now. Sooners getting a couple of good uh, commitments uh, highlighted. Their 2023 class highlighted by a five-star quarterback, four-star running back. We will do that, get into that in later podcasts. I just want to spend just a little bit of time on this one, just kind of breaking down how phenomenal this softball season was for the University of Oklahoma. If you're not a big softball fan, if you're not riding on that uh, wave of cloud nine of national champions, well, first of all, shame on you. But secondly, I give you permission. Go ahead and tune this episode out. Catch us on the next episode when we talk a little bit more about football recruiting and getting into some of the Big 12 position breakdowns uh, as we hit in the dog days of summer. But I want to start by just following up with what I talked about in the last episode of the Sooner Nation podcast as we were really kind of getting ready to break down this Oklahoma-Texas matchup for the national championship. By the way, I mean, I I have no problems uh, giving myself some kudos because I also have no problems admitting when I was wrong and when I messed up. But I think we were pretty spot on um, with Oklahoma heading into that championship series. And to be honest, it wasn't really difficult to be spot on. It was that was not a difficult series to break down. Um, OU just had had Texas figured out. There were no more surprises uh, with Texas when it came to their pitching, and there was no greater hitting team in the nation than what Oklahoma had produced this year, and that was a mismatch from from the get go. And and I really believe you know someone asked me before you know when you got to the Final Four you know who who do you want in the in the championship series? Do you want Oklahoma State or do you want Texas? And and my thought was this. I felt like I really felt like Texas was the easy win. Uh, I was not surprised at all uh, by that two-game sweep. Um, And I really don't think anybody else was either. Uh, Texas, uh, congratulations to Texas for making it that far. I already apologized to Mike White um, and and kind of made amends there. Uh, So I said that in the last episode. But... um, but Texas was the easy win for Oklahoma. I think I think Oklahoma State would have made the better series here, but um, it just wasn't to be. The Cowgirls, I think, inex- and it was crazy to me that it is uh, like they just melted under pressure. I don't know that it was inexperienced, like I started to say, but they you you watch that and they just caved. They completely melted under pressure there uh, in that second game against Texas. I think they were pressed after losing the first game, backs firmly against the wall, had a 5 nothing lead in the second game, and then you just saw them crumble. So you do have to give Texas credit for making that championship series, but I can't help but think if we had Bedlam for the national championship that it would have been a little more 
Um, thrilling of a series. I think you still have the same outcome. I think Oklahoma walks off uh, the field as the national champions. Uh, Jocelyn Allo ends her stellar career uh, in style. All that stuff still happens if you have Bedlam for the championship. But I just I do believe it would have been more entertaining. That said, I want to go back to really talking about the Big 12 as a whole for just a second. And when you look at the three teams that that made the NCAA tournament, I understand. I understand this is rehashing, but it's so important. When you look at the strength of this conference, the Big 12 was, was given a, a massive injustice, in my opinion, by only having three teams in. You had Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, they all advanced to the regionals. They all advanced to the super regionals. They all made it to the Women's College World Series. And then they made up 75% of the Final Four with UCLA being the only non-Big 12 school in there. I really think, I mean, again, it's just hindsight. Hindsight's 2020. But how can you not say a team like Iowa State or a team like Baylor, how can you not say that they they didn't deserve to be there? When, when, you, when you look at... Just follow me here. Look at the resume. Iowa State, 28-27 on the season. I know it's one game above 500, 6-12 in conference play, six games below 500 in conference play, but the Cyclones went 0-3 against Texas, 0-3 against Oklahoma, 1-2 against Oklahoma State. So eight of their 12 losses in conference, eight of their 12 losses came against the three best teams in the country. Three of the four, I mean, you can throw UCLA in there and maybe Oklahoma State, UCLA can compete for the number three and number four, but clearly Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, three of the four best teams in the nation. And you've got eight losses. I mean, you've got to run that gauntlet in conference play. Iowa State was final four in the Big 12. Baylor had a better overall season record. 32 and 24 overall in the season. But again, you know, they, they lost Oklahoma four times. Because if you remember, they they played and I'm not including Oklahoma City in the Big 12 tournament in these in these standings here, but in the regular season, Baylor played Oklahoma four times because a lot of people forget that they played the Sooners in Hawaii in a non-conference game, but they played in Hawaii. So Baylor went 0-4 against Oklahoma, 0-3 against Oklahoma State, 1-2 against Texas. If you're counting conference losses, again, a 1-8 record. Eight of your 12 conference losses come to these three schools. And then when you throw in that game against Hawaii, nine of your 24 losses come against these three schools. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, that Iowa State and Baylor would have made it to the Final Four. I'm not even saying Iowa State and Baylor would have made it to the Women's College World Series. What I am saying is, you put the Cyclones, you put the Bears, you put them in a regional on the road somewhere, they're not going to be an easy out. And I just think it's a situation where you look at the schedule and you look at the losses and it's a little bit skewed. I mean, they, they play, uh, again, they play in a conference where three of the best teams in the country are dominating that conference. And they're not just dominating the Big 12. They dominated the college softball landscape. You can't deny that. And I think with that, you can't deny that they would have made noise in the NCAA tournament. 
And you absolutely can't deny that the Big 12 is the best softball conference in America. And I really don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think it's going anywhere coming in to the 2023 season. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about just how good this Oklahoma softball team was on the other side of this break. So the debate surrounding this Oklahoma softball team is really centered on, are they the greatest of all time? And I really think it's just going to come down to a fan's perspective on this. And there are stats that that defend this belief. There are stats that would maybe defend UCLA or Arizona. Um, but here's the thing. They're definitely in the conversation. And I think as an OU fan, we tend to... Fair enough. We, we have those you know crimson-colored glasses where we think, yep, absolutely, this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. I do think they're better than 2021. And that you know that 2021 squad was really, really good. You got Giselle Juarez really catching fire in the Women's College World Series and leading them to that championship. But when you look at what this team did, how they fared in the NCAA tournament, how they fared in Oklahoma City at the World Series, how they fared throughout the regular season, what, 59-3 and three, uh, in the season, 17-1 in Big 12 play. Um, you know, I think they're better than 2021. When, when you look at the, they they offensively, I think they were more potent, and they proved that in the Women's College World Series. Think about those last three games. Follow me through these last three games of the Women's College World Series and, and just look at at the, the, the dominance of this team from from the batter's box, right? So you, you win ten to five in the final game. Before that, you beat you beat Texas sixteen to one in the first game of the championship series, and then you beat UCLA fifteen to nothing in that elimination game. So in in the last three games of the season, and this is the final four. This is the final four. This is you know, make it the the college football playoff final four, right? Make it the NCAA basketball tournament, Final Four. On that stage, the last three games to your championship run, 15 to nothing, 16 to one, 10 to five. That's 45 to six, guys. Right? Is my math right? No, it's 31, 41 to six. Sorry. Math is hard sometimes. 41 to six, 41 runs in three games to close out the season. You give up six runs in three games to close out the season. That's just insane. And you saw the power, uh, you saw the the placement of what this team can do. And, and the thing is, is with the addition of Hope Trotwine, you didn't really lose anything in the circle. Right? Because you, you remember that the pitching was going to be the question. Can Nicole May make a step from year one to year two? How good is Jordy Ball going to be as a true freshman? Hope Trotwine making the step up from North Texas to to playing on 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 on, you know, on the Big Twelve, the best college softball conference in America. How's that all going to play in together in the circle? And and they were dang good. The entire body of work, I think, from the circle was better than what we saw in twenty twenty one. And then they just got better on the bats. When you got young ladies like Tiari Jennings and, and Jada Coleman, the, the addition of Alyssa Brito, they got better from last year to this year. And, and you know, people are going to talk about 
okay, well, they were a little bit off pace from last year. They were a little bit, okay, you know what? Look at how many games they won by run roll. And while the run roll is awesome, you, you talk about it and it's spectacular and you love it and, and, and you, know, you, you get it done early, you're done in five or you're done in six innings. It, it takes away from your, your pitching stats. It takes away from your batting stats when you talk about averages. But there's no way. You, you cannot watch this team. You cannot have watched that Women's College World Series. You cannot have attended those games and thought, eh, this team's good, but they're, you know, 2021 was a little bit better. It's just not possible. And for Jocelyn Allo to go out the way she did, maybe we can debate, honestly, maybe we can debate where this team, the 2022 team, where it stacks up all time, okay? But we absolutely cannot debate, absolutely cannot debate that Jocelyn Allo is the greatest hitter to ever grace this sport, She's just absolutely the best. She she was insane. It was almost unfair to have her in the lineup. Especially as, as the season ended. Just just nuts how she turned, you know, just turned it up. I mean, she's always been great, right? But she was able to find another level of greatness. And I agree. You know, people are talking about, well, you know, you've got Heisman Park and you can put, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield out there and Billy Sims out there, Jason White, Billy Vessels. You know, they're all out there and, and they they deserve, 100% deserve to be out there. But when this new softball stadium is built, just like there's a Barry Switzer statue, there needs to be a Patty Gasso statue. And just like there's going to be a Kyler Murray statue coming to Heisman Park, there needs to be a Jocelyn Allo statue at this new stadium. I'm 100% on board. There's no sarcasm in that. There's no, there's no, I'm not just fluffing. That, that has to happen. There has to be a Jocelyn Allo statue. There has to be a Patty Gasso statue. But, you know, this team was just, you know, they were, it wasn't just Jocelyn Allo either. She was like the catalyst, okay? But I, you know, I don't think we talk about how good Grace Green, uh, excuse me, Grace Lyons is. Grace Green's not bad either, but I don't think we talk, I mean, GL3, she, I've been saying this for two years now, and it might take a, a, a third year to get people on board with me, but she's the best shortstop in America. She is the best shortstop in the game. You can't prove me wrong. I challenge you to prove me wrong, but you can't do it. And I just don't think we talk about her enough. Not just what she does from the field, but what she does from the plate. And and I think, unfortunately, because she lives in the shadow offensively of Tiari Jennings, because she lives in the shadow offensively of Jocelyn Allo, because she she's in the same lineup as, as a Jada Coleman and Alyssa Brito. I, I think the, the louder voices carry the room. But, I mean, look, what she does in the field is just straight ridiculous. 
And and as as the shortstop, she's pretty much the quarterback of, of the defense there, so to speak. And I, I just don't think we talk about it. And I think what's going to happen is next year will be her final year at the University of Oklahoma. She's, she's got no more eligibility left after 2023. But I think it's going to take into 2023 to get a national perspective at just how good she is. And, and, and just mark it down. What happens, that national narrative, okay? That national narrative, what happens there is going to be what Oklahoma fans have noticed for, and then it'll be three years in a row. We noticed in 2021 her greatness. We we appreciated in 2022 her greatness. I think 2023 is when it really takes the national scene. And for Oklahoma fans, we're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we, we've known that. Yep, yeah, we, we've seen that. But there's so many, again, it's it's not to take away from Jocelyn Olive because the greatest all-time hitter, greatest ever the, the game has ever seen. And if you could write a movie, honestly, if you could write a movie about her career, I don't know that it could have been scripted any better than what you saw in 2022. I mean, just think about this. She got to break the home run record in her home state of Hawaii. Her last at-bat at Marita Hines Field in Norman, Oklahoma, her very last at-bat, was a home run in her home stadium. How crazy is that? She goes to the national championship game, home runs in the national championship game. And then she gets the curtain call off of the field. It's just, again, I don't think Hollywood could have scripted it any better. That story for Jocelyn Hall. He couldn't have written a better story. But what's missing, I think, when you break down this team and when you talk about their greatness, uh, yes, Jocelyn Allo is a part of that story, but they, they, they were just so strong. Th- this team was so strong physically. What they brought in the defense, what they brought from the circle, what they brought from the plate, they could be, you, you pick your poison. Patty Gasso said that. You pitch around Jocelyn Allo, Tiari Jennings is going to take you deep. You try to dance around the first Top half of the lineup, the bottom half is going to crush you. Look at what Riley Boone did in the World Series. I mean, look what she did in the NCAA tournament. They're just going to beat you. There's just no way they're not going to beat you. And they had, here's what, this is what makes good teams great. It's not just talent. This, This team had all the talent in the world. But what makes a good team great? is the mental advantage that they have over their opponents. They knew. They knew they had the mental advantage. And they used it. I mean, you saw Texas melt in that first game. 16-1. to Are you kidding me? You saw Texas melt. You saw UCLA melt. And you saw, you know, you saw that throughout the entire season. They just once they turned it on. Once a pitcher saw this team has me figured out. I've got nothing left to offer here. And basically, in that championship series, in the last three games, honestly, not just the championship series, the elimination game with UCLA, the two games with Texas in the championship series. This batting practice. 
I mean, it was batting practice. Northwestern, batting practice, 13 runs, and I opened up the Women's College World Series. They played Texas three times in the Women's College World Series. Do you realize that? They played Texas three times in the Women's College World Series. They scored seven runs. They scored 16 runs. They scored 10 runs. 33 runs against the Texas Longhorns. and the women, Just in the Women's College World Series. The ch- I mean, just... They, Texas knew after they lost the Saturday game to Oklahoma to go into the loser's bracket, they knew when they came back to play Oklahoma in the championship, they knew they had nothing. They needed, they needed more than luck. And they didn't have it. And, and, and OU had that mental advantage. They were so powerful mentally. It's, it's the way that they... It's the way that they carry themselves. It's those vocal leaders. It's the way they scream at each other. Have you ever seen a person celebrate a walk more than Jada Coleman? Are you kidding me? She screams all the way to first base when she draws a walk. So imagine what she does when she crushes a double or crushes a triple or sends it out of the park. And it's just, it's absolutely just deflating to the opponent. And they know that. And here's the thing. You're getting the queen of swag back. She's only going to be a sophomore in Jordy Ball from the circle. You're, you're getting those vocal offensive leaders in Jada Coleman and Alyssa Brito. They're coming back. So the, 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 the way this team functions, the way they function, it's not going to change. They're still going to have that mental advantage. The question going into 2023 is going to be what can they do offensively, and how do you fill that gap from the circle with Hope Trotwine? And I think there's some answers coming. We know for sure we have the answer to one of those questions. So if you're Patty Gasso, what do you do to replace uh, the holes in your roster? Well, you do what any coach in America does these days. You go to the transfer portal. And they've already replaced Hope Trotwine. You get Alex Storacco coming in from Michigan. So what do you do? You, you lose Hope Trotwine, who was an all-conference player for North Texas, and you replace her with an all-conference player from the Big Ten. You basically replaced Hope Trotwine with the 2021 Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, second-team All-American. Are you kidding me? I mean, look, OU, with all due respect to Hope Trotwine, we love her. She was fantastic. She led OU to the, to the uh, national championship. She was the statistically, in every other category, she was the best pitcher in America. There's not going to be a huge step down in 2023 once Alex Storacco and Jordy Ball take that circle. And, oh, by the way, you're bringing in Kristen Dill, uh, Kirsten Dill, who is the number one high school pitcher in America. You're bringing in S.J. Uh, Guerin also. I mean, th- this, <laughs> this bullpen is about to get super stacked all of a sudden. I mean, the only question is now with pitching, it's not, it's not, are they going to be good? The question with pitching is, I mean, does, does somebody like Nicole May, is she suddenly tempted to look inside the transfer portal? I mean, we've seen that happen before with, with pitchers from the University of Oklahoma. They, they, get, so, uh, they, they get so stacked with, with talent that a pitcher who's good, who could start at a lot of programs across the country, finally just decides to 
to move on and, and, and take her shot. Nicole May is going to be a junior next year. De- knowing that Kirsten Deal, the number one pitcher and prep pitcher in the country, is coming in. Knowing that Alex Straco, the the 2021 Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, is coming in. Knowing that Jordy Ball is going to be a sophomore. Does Nicole May like the role that she has right now as the closer, as that change of pace, but not the star? Does she like that? I mean, if she does, great. I'd prefer her to stay. I'd prefer her to be there and finish her career. But you got to start thinking, what what is she going to do? Um, you know, here, here's what Oklahoma's losing. We already have an answer for Hope Trotwine. Okay, we just we just spent three minutes, two and a half minutes talking about that. You're losing Taylor Snow, part-time first baseman. Taylor Snow went yard in the final game of the season. You're losing Jana Johns, who was your third base, hot corner. You're losing Lindsey Elam, and she split time behind the plate with Kenzie Hansen. And if she wasn't behind the plate, she was at first base. Basically, if Lindsey Elam was catching, Taylor Snow played first base. If Taylor, if uh, Lindsey, if, if Kenzie Hansen was was catching, then Lindsey Elam played first base. And then obviously Jocelyn Allo. Patty Gasso's not done, guys. I, I I can guarantee you. I tweeted this out during the championship uh, series. Oh, he's about to get a big time bat. I don't I don't know when you're going to listen to this podcast, but I'm telling you, Alex Taraco is not the only player that's going to come out of this transfer portal in Norman, Oklahoma. Taylor Snow, home run hitter. A percentage hitter. Janet Johns, home run hitter. Percentage hitter. Lindsey Elam, home run hitter. Percentage hitter. Jocelyn Allo just sends balls to the moon, right? They're going to they're gonna go to the portal, guys. That's no disrespect to the, to the current roster. It's no disrespect to the, to the ladies who work their tails off to, to make this team happen. I'm just saying, if they're going to go to the portal and find an arm to replace Hope Trotwine, they're going to go to the portal to find a bat to replace Jocelyn Allo. And, and, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. So don't think that, oh man, this team, yeah, they lost They lost their offensive star. This team, they lost their, their, their best pitcher. No, I mean, you could arguably be, you could make a strong argument, a strong argument that Jordy Ball was the best pitcher on this team. Again, that's that's not a slide to to Hope Trotwine. I, I want you to know I have the utmost respect and appreciation for Hope Trotwine. But you can make the argument about Jordy Ball as the true freshman being the the star pitcher. They're they're not losing anything from the circle going into next season. So then your argument becomes, well, offensively, they're going to take a step backwards. Well, I mean, you lose the best pitcher in the history of the sport. Excuse me, the best hitter in the history of the sport. It's just natural to think you're going to come back down to earth for for a little bit. But don't think for a second that Tiare Jennings is going to get less dangerous. Don't think for a second that Jada Coleman is going to get less dangerous. Don't think for a second that Alyssa Brito and, and, and Grace Lyons are going to get less dangerous. And here's what I know. And, and you'll see the announcement. It's going to come soon. They're going to get somebody to protect Tiare Jennings in this lineup the exact same way they did with Jocelyn Allo. Now, 
notice I didn't say they're going to get somebody to replace Jocelyn Allo because you can't. You absolutely cannot replace Jocelyn Allo. But, you know, it, it burned you when we saw it in the World Series. You, you walk Jocelyn Allo, Tiara Jennings is probably going to take you yard. Now suddenly Allo's out of this lineup. There, you can walk whoever's in front of Tiara Jennings, or you can pitch to whoever's in front of Tiara Jennings, and then walk walk Tiara Jennings. That's not going to be the case. I promise you, going into the twenty twenty three season, there will be a big name bat in front of Tiara Jennings in this lineup. And you're going to tweet at me, you're going to email me, you're going to do whatever. Who is it? Who is it? All I want to tell you is this. You will know very soon. That's just, I mean, and I'm sorry. I, I'm, people get mad about that stuff. I, I'm just giving you information to tell you information is coming, okay? Because it's not my place to break that, that story. But I'm just, again... Take it for what you want. But I guarantee when you see this lineup in fall ball or when you see this lineup next winter, next spring, in February, when they take the field, there will be a name ahead of Tiari Jennings that's a big-time bat. And there may be more than one. There may be more than one. It wouldn't surprise me to see more than one new bat come to this this roster but there'll be at least one all right so we're going to be transitioning the podcast i mean softball's over which is uh kind of sad but now we get to start focusing on the summer and we get to start focusing on football recruiting and start breaking down positions and stuff like that so it's going to be a fun summer um obviously the the podcasts aren't as frequently uh produced as they are during the football season but uh we we will have fun uh, hitting that up over the course of the summer. You know, you can always reach us on Twitter at Sports Heartland. You can find us on the internet, heartland-sports.com. Each, um, each podcast has its own page where you can drop comments and so forth. Uh, we'd love to have you chat over there. Uh, hit us up with your true or false questions. We'll hit. We'll get to those as much as we can. If you got a true or false question, you can always tag us, uh, at us in Twitter, or drop it on the on comments page uh, of the podcast. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and the first uh, the start of your new week uh, next week. And uh, Boomer Sooner. Oh, by the way, all the dads out there, happy Father's Day! Now, Boomer.